Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast Breakfast Edition. Here to break down Gregor Townsend's possibly final Six Nations Scotland squad as we enter into the greatest time of the year. We are two weeks away from the start of the Six Nations. It's David here with Alan and Matt uh, to break everything down with you. Alan, we were out last night. It's getting a bit hard to go out and not be stopped by fans of the pod now, isn't it? <laughs> It was great. And and especially given the fact that we sort of don't really show our faces too much, just sort of the our, our voices that just sort of carried through the room and someone picked it up and came over and was very nice. Your dulcet tones ordering a couple of a couple of bottles of Stella. It's, a quite, it's, a, it's an odd order as well. It's not our usual. <laughs> Where did that come from? That was the only thing that was available. It was the only thing that was available. Oh, okay, okay. Um, we weren't just like, let's get a couple of Stellas for the boys. Come on. Do you want a pint? No, no, we want a bottle, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, those 5% bottles, feeling feeling, feeling it this morning, trying to, trying to yeah. channel Andy Murray to get through get through the day. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. But it was, uh, I think it was Nick, Nick from Edinburgh came up. We were talking all about Scotland's World Cup group and everything like that. It was great to, obviously great to get stopped by the fans um whenever you see us if you hear us out in the wild um matt you all right yep good man sadly i clearly wasn't invited to this little night out last night but you know i'll I'll get over it i'll get over it alan and i do that sometimes we like to go out (laughs) without you um well good stuff as i say we are a couple weeks away from the six nations and there is only one place to get all your news and that is on the thistle follow us on twitter at thistle rugby pod on instagram thistle understroke rugby understroke pod alan do you think we're gonna is it the the real strategy that we did last year on instagram do we think we're bringing that back for this year's six nations oh yeah i've got a couple of real like juicy memes ready to juicy. drop <laughs> You you really like percolate on them all year, and then it's just like mid January, it just like explodes in the in the, in the group chat. 
I end up a TikTok, but I might just I don't know. You, I, you I, do I, have a door. We do have a dormant TikTok account, don't we? Because <laughs> yeah, none, we of do. how, no, none of us know how to use it. <laughs> you've got you've got your own personal TikTok as well, which I think a lot of people would be interested in seeing. It's 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 something that's for sure. A couple of a couple of high class videos on there, but uh, yeah, no, I've uh, got a few what, ideas. What's your engagement like on TikTok? Low, really, really low. <laughs> but uh, you got to start somewhere, right? You do. So that's on, us on socials, and you can also, of course, follow us on Substack, which is where we put up our newsletter um, when there's something to stay. So that's on Substack. Just type in Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, and you can find us um, on there. We are um, also very happy to be working again with the guys at Fanzo, formerly of Match Pint on the Guinness Pint Predictor. Um, we'll do a formal launch of that next week when the app goes live, but watch out for that, the Thistle League we are reliably informed that it was the busiest and best league in Scotland for that game during the Autumn Internationals. We owe somebody a signed match ball. And this year, we're really lucky that we're going to have two tickets for Scotland versus Italy to give away to the winner of our group. So watch out on our social channels and we'll put some details in the show notes when we can as well for joining that group. Tickets for Scotland, Italy um, for the winners of that group. So a really nice opportunity to get involved so obviously today what we only know the winner of the group after the scotland italy game it's so it, oh actually it's not for the winner i've completely balls that up it's a good point <laughs> if you join before the first game if you join our group you're going to go into a draw and we're going to draw a name that's okay. how it's going to happen <laughs> that's a really it's a really good point i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad that was corrected live on air because it needed to be uh, so yeah, your name will go into the draw and then you'll win tickets for Scotland versus Italy. So fantastic opportunity there um, to get in to what I think is a sold out game. It usually is. Not currently sold out, but I think it's sort of the language of the like nearly sold out. So yeah, near, so, yeah two tickets to the nearly sold out BT Murrayfield, um, which is a great opportunity. Um, but let's get into it. Obviously, we've got the Six Nations squad, um, which we're going to go through in detail. We're going to start quite... Quickly, we're going to talk about obviously some pretty grim news that has come out in the last couple of days. Um, Rufus McLean pleading guilty um, to, uh, I think, some domestic abuse charges against his girlfriend. Um, Glasgow have, I believe, suspended him from all activity. And there is a further disciplinary process and sentencing to come. Um, Obviously, hugely grim story the details that are available we are not in this podcast going to go into huge details on the discussions of the details over it um as there is sort of continuing issues going on but he has pled guilty um i'm sure you will have seen it on social medias and it's a pretty a pretty dark story um which obviously doesn't reflect well on him um and it's really sad sort of state of affairs but um it's going to be part of the conversation, I expect, for the next month or so, but we're not going to talk about it hugely on this podcast. We're going to focus on the Six Nations squad um, and the upcoming rugby, but it is going to be something that we'll talk about at some stage. So um, moving on, Matt, why don't I come to you first? Gregor Townsend named his squad um, earlier this week. Um, give me, Just give me those top lines. How did you feel about it when you saw it drop? Yeah, well... You're always expecting that sort of rogue selection, but apart from McConaughey, um, it was a pretty like standard squad in some ways. It's it's maybe what you would have expected. No major surprises. Um, I think if you look across the 
someone did a kind of split of the caps and experience um and like there's a there's a good um block of experienced guys who've who've you know played in six nations played high highest level games for for glasgow and edinburgh um and being involved in a lot of, of big scotland games so it seems like a a really solid squad and, and maybe what we'd we'd expect um the i suppose the injuries have revealed the the lack of depth that we know exists in scottish rugby particularly at, at tight head prop and and probably in the back three as well actually um so i think there's you know there's there's a lot to work with my my one concern is you kind of look at that squad and i think there's been players who've who've got into that world class um level before but i wonder if at the moment you've got any players who you'd say are are playing at that world class level um and i think for scotland to to really compete in the in six nations we need three four five of those which is probably the most we're we're going to get so that that's the one thing that concerns me, but I think it's it's probably as strong a squad as we we could have could have wanted really. Alan's strongest squad we could have wanted. Happy with that? Well, yeah, as we were sort of discussing a little bit last night, I think w- when Scotland are picking a forty-person squad and you've got quite a few injuries, it it's almost tough not to get selected if you're a professional Scottish rugby <laughs> rugby player you know and I think that's kind of like a lot of the narrative is very much less about who's not been picked you know there's a couple of people like Rory Hutchinson for example but actually it sort of gives Tuni the scope to kind of pick most people that broadly people would think would be in contention and it's actually the conversation is always more about who is that rogue person that has been picked just because of um, the size of the squad but no I think um, I think it's pretty good I, worried about front five especially against England just yep. with Xander coming back and appreciate you know Johnny Gray's been a little bit out injured Scott Cummings isn't there it and at hooker it's it feels like you've got four competent but not particularly sort of international class hookers so a little bit of trepidation but yep. broadly happy and you talk about the sort of the rogue inclusions let's cover off those first I suppose rogue you have to talk about Rui McConaughey. Obviously, I think two caps for England, um, but by way of I think his mum's from Glasgow, um, and maybe and his dad as well, um, is now in the Scotland squad. Has made it clear to Tony that he wants to play for it. Matt, let's not go down the whether this rule is meant to be applied for Tier One nations like Scotland. But what does McConaughey bring, and do you think he is an option for possibly starting that first game against England? Yeah, well, I, I saw a few people online sort of complaining that it's it's taking away from an opportunity for maybe younger Scottish rugby players. But you actually look at the the wingers that missed out, and you know Hoyland's one of them who maybe could feel a little bit aggrieved. Um, Jack Blaine, who's only played a, a few times for Edinburgh this season, and I, I don't think is worthy of international, and obviously stuff with Rufus McLean. So yeah, it maybe just reveals like the slight lack of depth. Um, but I think in terms of what he can bring, like he's he's arguably maybe what Scotland need in that in that back three at the moment. I think he's he's like a solid, pretty big unit um, who seems to be pretty comfortable under the high ball. Um, and you'd sort of be pretty happy with him, like popping up in, in midfield as well. It seems like, <clears throat> excuse me, he's got a pretty good like overall skill set that you'd you'd maybe expect from a sevens player. So. I feel like he could probably play fullback as well. Like I, I think he's quite a nice option to have. I mean, 
he's 31 now, maybe 32. Hasn't really played that much rugby, obviously no international rugby since the Rugby World Cup. So I, I don't know if he's at his peak as a winger, but I, I kind of feel like it's it's maybe worth having a look at him, seeing how he copes and whether he fits in with the, with the Townsend yep. approach to the Six Nations. So I think it, it kind of makes sense. And I suppose there is an opportunity in that back three that's sort of been nailed on of Hogg, Duhan and Darcy. Darcy Graham obviously injured. Alan, that sort of second wing slot, McConaughey, our man, Shawnee Maitland, possibly Kyle Stain. You know, who who do you think is going to be um, taking that jersey? I think you think McConaughey is third in that list. And then it's just really it feels like a bit of a straight shootout between Maitland and Stain. I might be wrong. And uh, McConaughey might come in and start. But I think we've sort of discussed previously that the one thing with Maitland is he's just so solid. And mm. clearly you know, for Saracens, he is a consistent starter still. And I think ultimately you can put Maitland into that match at Twickenham in front of 80,000 people. And you know he's going to have a pretty solid game. He's not going to make any sort of big mistakes. And I think I wonder if that might just give him the edge, just given the nature of that first match. It's 34 Maitland. He's been like, it feels like he's been going for a long, long time, but it doesn't feel as if his performances of like, or his sort of physicality is, has fallen at all. It's pretty, his like durability is quite remarkable. I suppose like his, his, his key skill was never being absolutely rapid. Yeah. So I guess it's easier to maintain that sort of solid performance if you're not, if, if your main threat is like top end speed, you could argue that he looks quite slow sometimes. He looks so slow. <laughs> he looks. So, <laughs> there's like one try he's going. We ran in from like. Fast. It was like one try. He ran in from like 60 meters, and I think everyone was like, "How is he? Do, how is he still keeping in front of all these people? He's so it, slow." It was against them. Um, it was against Australia one year, and it yes, was, it was. It was. It was the sec. It was the second row chasing him, and yeah. he got worryingly close to him. I remember. I guess. In that sort of rogue banner, we talked a bit about him in, in a, a couple of weeks ago when he signed for Edinburgh. Ben Healy called up to the Scotland squad first time out. Um, obviously, I say obviously, got to hope that Finn Russell is going to be starting at 10 for Scotland. Does Ben Healy come straight onto a bench because of, I suppose, Adam Hastings is injured and maybe we're not doing Kinghorn anymore? I still think that they will potentially go for the, the Kinghorn bench option and go for a potentially sort of 6-2. A 6-2, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you, can, you can do that with sort of the Horn horn and Kinghorn. Um, if you have them on the bench, you sort of cover, you cover that. So I, I can see that. And then Ben Healy ultimately is there in case Finn drops out. It's, I guess, obviously I'm glad to have Ben Healy in the squad because I do think he is a good player. I do feel like in, in comparison to Finn Smith, his potential isn't as high. So he's probably like the worst of the two options <laughs> that we could have uh, we could have captured in the cycle. And obviously Finn Smith's kind of gone off to gone off to England. But from what I've seen of Ben Healy, he's a pr- pretty solid player, probably more in, I would say, like the Dan Parks category than the Finn Russell category. I, th- I think he's quite a different player to Finn Smith. So I think. Their ceiling is different. Like I think Finn Smith would be more of an out and out like Finn Russell replacement, whereas Healy is maybe, um, yeah, as you say, Dan Parks. But 
maybe that's actually quite a good thing. If you could have like a really good Dan Parks plus Finn Russell plus Adam Hastings, it gives you some quite nice options. Mm. I was trying to think of a bit about different types of ceilings, but they're just they're just like all ceilings, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> there isn't something there about cornicing, is there? I don't know. No. I think we need to. I think we need to move on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, looking at that, you, you talked about um, you talked about the front row. I think it was a pleasant. I think we can call it a pleasant surprise to see Xander named. And it seems actually that the the conversation, whereas we thought he was maybe missing the first couple of games, it looks like he's going to be quote unquote fit for the England match. That seems to be the the way the the media is being briefed. But you know, Matt, would you still see that given that he wouldn't have played? Do you think WP now is our is going to start? In that case, with then you know the option of Xander coming off the bench rather than dropping him in at the, at the start, or do you think even with no game time coming back from injury, Xander is you know too good to leave on the bench for us? Yeah, I I would be tempted I think to to play him to start him because um, I kind of get the sense as well that he's he is like quite a fit player in general, like his engine is is really good. Um, and I, I don't see that dropping off massively. Obviously, it's different training to, to match intensity. But I, I also, but, th- but then I kind of think that nail off the bench isn't exactly what you want. I think sometimes if there is a, if, well, in this instance, if there is a doubt over Fagerson's fitness, then starting with nail, having him just like basically scrummage for 50 minutes. And then you've got Fagerson on when the game's maybe, you know, a bit looser kind of kind of makes sense um but I, I think beyond beyond that those are the only two guys that like it's a shame that walker's injured but i'm not i'm not sure that i feel that confident with with bergen even if it was off off the bench if you, if you see what i mean you you wouldn't want to do wpnl for 30 minutes and then bring xander on just to close out the first half and then kind of like smash out the second half what so now would only get 30 minutes yeah, <laughs> sort of the Eddie Jones approach. I don't, isn't it? Was it South Africa? I I, th- I thought South Africa did something like that, where they sort of had their starting front row for thirty-five minutes and then yeah, brought run. And it's just obviously just kind of like get Xander to kind of blow, come on for five minutes and try and sort of disrupt and then it'd be, give it'd him be the so good. Half. It'd be so good in that first game if it was like Schumann, Herner, Nell, and then after thirty-eight minutes. Oh no, Fagerson. It was like the bomb squad came on of, <laughs> of B- Batty, Cherry, and and Bergen. It's like right here we go. The, the, ba- so the band funny. squad. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a bit of a Poundland bomb squad, to be fair. Yeah, it's not quite the same. Alan, you mentioned it up top. We used to be, we used to have hookers coming out of our eyes. Actually, wait a second. We can't say that. Out loud. <laughs> Just heard it. Um, we used to have like world class hookers all the time but now is it a case that you know you know McAnally not involved slightly up and over because of injury Fraser Brown's included but he's coming back from injury you know Dave Cherry is a workhorse and we've been big fans on the pod of of Chez and he's done some great stuff but he's not at that sort of world-class level who who are you starting at hooker if you can if you're choosing it it's super difficult I you know you look back at last six nations and you sort of think Turner or Turner would be sort of the likely option, but he sort of fought his club form sort of fallen away. And, and I guess Franco Smith seems to prefer Johnny Matthews and 
yeah fraser brown at, at the moment um I, I i just i love dave cherry but i'm just not sure that he is like a starting versus england at twickenham quality player yeah ashman i wonder if it's if fraser brown gets the nod and yeah. i think yeah townsend clearly likes him rates him and trusts him you could see with his sort of inclusion to start that new zealand game he clearly sees him as someone who has the temp- who now has the temperament and qualities to kind of um, operate in those big matches and in that new zealand game he absolutely crushed it right he had an, uh, an unbelievable performance so i potentially think you fraser brown start with ashman on the bench but i could honestly see an argument for basically all four all four of them starting or at least an argument for them starting yeah absolutely and again hamish watson included despite sort of not playing an awful lot for edinburgh matt what's how are you seeing that sort of makeup of the back row yeah i mean it it depends if if watson is fit for that first game because then i think you you stick with um what's probably the been the established back row over the last like year or so um of watson um richie and and, and matt Ferguson. um I think the other the questions would be if Watson's not fit, then I I quite quite like to see um, Luke Crosby come in. Um, we we're having this debate he's the other the day, form, like, the foreign player. Yeah, well that's the thing. I think he, he's on cracking form. Like maybe been playing it like the best out of even better than than Richie in in the last year or so. Um, I, I think Alan was saying maybe that he's not sure if he's got like that um, added element at international level, but I think he's worth. Um, giving a shot at least to I think probably the other debate is whether Dempsey comes in for for Fagerson and for Matt Fagerson it's, it's interesting that in you know pretty much this whole season Fagerson's been playing six to to make room for Dempsey yeah um but I think that Fagerson's got enough credit um and enough form in that Scotland number eight jersey that you're likely to see Dempsey on the bench which is you know a pretty good option I, I don't I don't think Dempsey's had that like defining Scotland performance yet he's only had a couple of appearances but um something yeah, interesting to... about having an having an Aussie Scot though it's like the two biggest countries that hate England <laughs> boiled into like one player it might just be too much for him at Twickenham we just need to get someone with the trifecta of Scotland Australia and Argentina to create like the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the perfect mix I, I I do think just on Ferguson as well I think he's sort of quietly having like a really good season with Glasgow, yeah. just putting in a lot of solid performances, seems to be sort of flourishing under Franco Smith. So I think he's definitely done enough to your point, both in an international jersey over the autumn and with Glasgow over kind of the Christmas period, especially those matches versus Edinburgh to to keep that number eight jersey. I quite like the idea of a six two split with both Crosby and Dempsey coming off the bench. What, it, feel, presu- presuming that Watson's fit to start. Presuming that Watson is yeah. fit to start, I feel like Dempsey and Crosby coming on at 60 minutes gives you just two very dynamic, abrasive, confrontational yeah. players that I think is something that Scotland have always sort of lacked, right? Yeah, and I, I think the other options would be like a Bayless or a Christie, who I think provide a nice bit of versatility, but I think you're right. There's not quite the same punch. And moving into the back line, then again, 
shows an awful lot about what we talk about when we get together. We were discussing the nine options last night, Alan. Franco Smith seems to be basically choosing George Horn over Ali Price and this sort of the resurgence of Glasgow. Assume that probably won't flow through to Gregor Townsend's thinking. Ali Price probably sort of stuck on at, at number nine. Yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't see any changes. I think we were discussing. It feels more likely that maybe Ben White gets ahead of Ali Price in yeah. the Scotland shirt. Um, I, I wouldn't. Good. I wouldn't mind that. I don't think he's good. Player. I think he's been playing really well. like him and him and Horn are the foreign players at the moment. And I think that when White's played for Scotland, he's looked he's looked pretty good. And maybe it's the kind of like slightly left field selection that Townsend might might spring a surprise with. Ever yeah. since Ali Price did that interview with the Times talking about his girlfriend's rabbit, his career <laughs> sort of gone. He's, he's gone down. He's, he's focusing too much on his YouTube page. <laughs> it's, there's, too, there's too much influencing, not enough rugby. That yeah. that YouTube account, people should go and look it up. It is, I don't quite know how to describe it. It's it's something else. There you go. We'll we'll flag it up. It's it's certainly worth a go. But let's assume that he starts at nine. Are we? It's all quiet on the Western Front, and Finn is going to start at ten. Well, I, I think no. With Finn starting at ten, you feel like that's an added bonus for Price starting, just because yeah. Yeah. that combo is is so tried and tested, and clearly they they know each other so well that I think if if Finn starts, it kind of gives you another reason to just keep with Price. And speaking of tried and tested, do you think we might see Hugh Pilotu or Chewy Pilot who? Um, in the centres for Scotland, do you think that's just a that's just a Glasgow fever dream? I think two Pelotu is nailed on. Um, at twelve, uh, I guess I, it's the, it's I the Chris Harris a, question. I think you, at twelve, you, you don't think um, Redpath comes back in, given his uh, performances at Twickenham two years ago. Oh, I, well, I, I, so I would I would love to see it. Like I love Cam Redpath, but I think that two Pelotu is on really good form, and it seems as if the the signs were during the autumn internationals that Tooney rates him pretty highly. I don't think anything's really changed on that front. Um, so I don't I, I can't see Jones coming in. I'd like to because the the way with Jones is that he spends this whole camp as basically a utility back. Um, yeah. And given he seems to be on like pretty cracking form and offers something at thirteen that Harris clearly for all the strengths doesn't would be a bit of a shame, but. Yeah, I think as we've talked about before, I think Harris is like one of the first four or five names on on the team sheet under Townsend. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And then we've already sort of discussed that back three. The um, only only guy we didn't mention the back three was was Ollie Smith. Of course, yeah. But who do you feel rel? I guess say relatively comfortable with him coming in to replace Hogg if Hogg doesn't make if he doesn't it. make it. Yeah. I, Although all suggestion, like, yeah. all, all noise seems to be that Hogg is going to be fit and available. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, I, I, I think we're, we've always been quite big fans of Ollie Smith. I think he is growing in. He is the, he's probably the natural heir to Hogg, but not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This would be his first Six Nations, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a big, it'd be a big test him starting at Twickenham. Um, Do you remember when Blair Kinghorn was the heir to Hogg? That was good, wasn't it? A few years ago. It's weird that Kinghorn was like starting winger for Scotland three, four yeah. years ago. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm playing playing pretty well from that position as well. I I I, I don't know. I, I still believe that his best <laughs> position is twelve. I think he's like a bit, you know, Jordy Barrett. Him and Jordy Barrett similar. They are the big, same build. Same build. They've been thrown around. Jordy Barrett is now focused, is now looking at playing twelve for the All Blacks, and they're just look me and the All Blacks just ahead of the game. Where we've we've seen the future and that sort of tall, powerful, big rangey, but with good distribution, twelve is exactly where Scotland should be looking. And King yeah. Horn is that man. Well, I would say probably, but Stafford McDowell is the architect, well, and he's actually he's actually playing at twelve, which I I don't think we'll see much, if any, of him during the Six Nations. But fair play to him. If he's like he's doing great form, fulfills his potential, then he's a nice option to have. Glasgow captain. Yeah. And still the most boring guest we've ever had on the pod. Doesn't stop him being a good rugby player. Though. <laughs> yeah, I was I was doing some I was doing some digging on uh Bet365 uh last night looking at where can I where can I find some value. And like Scotland are sort of like really bizarrely priced for so we're 66 to 1 for a grand slam. And Wales are forty to one for a Grand Slam, but to finish bottom, we are we're like way longer odds than Wales. Like we've be, we've like we are basically priced in to finish fourth. That's where the betting markets are. They're like Scotland are not going to win. They're not going to get the wooden spoon. They're just going to have have another sort of middling campaign. It's kind of gutting to see the markets cool. move. Sort of <laughs> the markets sort of sum up exactly how we're feeling. Markets are efficient at times. Yeah. If if we are going to win the Grand Slam, yes, I don't think Here it's a, like a, it. a, a terrible go. a terrible schedule if I'm honest, because I think in terms Here of playing in, <laughs> in terms of playing <laughs> England, new coach, for, you got you got you, you're playing them away, which is always going to be difficult, but you're playing them first up with a new coach. Hopefully, you can sort of catch them at Twickenham and. Um, with them and sort of a little bit unprepared, a little bit just disjointed. You've then got Wales in your second match, which I ultimately think on paper, Scotland is a better team than Wales. And you ultimately hope that Tooney now can, uh, can, uh, can outwit sort of Gatland. What you've then got is a sort of two week break where ultimately where France and Ireland will have played in the first two matches. I think you hope that France beat Ireland away and then we catch them cold in France. France have always got a bit of a, a, a shocker in the locker, and then shocker in the locker, and then you drift in, you it. drift into, you drift into week four, three wins, momentum's going, <laughs> Ireland at home. I don't know. I, I think there's a road, there's a path there. To uh, it's a and then, really narrow path. <laughs> yeah, really, really windy and narrow. It's like that, yeah, the back staircase into Mordor, like really bad. Just don't do it. <laughs> got the but, job done though, I suppose. Yeah. It's. I I don't think the the I think the start there's a there's a really good opportunity for two wins. Yeah, I agree. We always, well, not always, but the last we have a decent record against England in the last sort of five years now. There's something in that, but maybe that was an Eddie Jones thing. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I, think I, we're going to win. I'm slightly worried plan. about. I'm slightly worried about Wales now. I think the squad they picked is just like full of people who are quite good at being Scotland. People like <laughs> people like Reese Webb is like when was the last time he lost to Scotland, for instance? 
yeah. and with Gatlin there as well. And he's picked some pretty good, well, seemingly good coaches around him. But, yeah, that's further down the line. It, it, it absolutely is. And, of course, we'll be with you every week as we go through the Six Nations. But why don't we focus on England first up? We've kind of talked about it, but starting 15, what do we think Tooney should? Let's go for should rather than what he will. I guess we can kind of do we can kind of do both as we go through but Matt front row uh I've gone Schumann Nell and then I've I've batted around Hooker and I, I think he should play Turner that would be my preferred choice but I think the likelihood of that happening is is quite low you think Fraz Brown goes in the middle I think providing he's fit um yeah and then Turner or Ashman on the bench either of which I'd be quite happy to have there to be fair yeah, I agree. Anything on that, Alan? Uh, no, yeah, I think that's fair. Nell, Brown, Skewman. And then a pretty you can have a pretty punchy replacement if you've got um, mm. Ferguson, let's say Turner, and Sutherland. That's a pretty experienced yeah. and, and strong yeah. bench to come on. Is that true? Just Second Nell, Nell is like the last stand of Nell. Just one match. Just give yeah. us 40 minutes yeah. at Twickenham. Like the perfect. Don't do anything else apart from scrummaging. Just like trundle around. Kind of stay out the defensive line. Just maybe like hang around rucks. That's all we need from you, mate. I agree. Second rows. We haven't really talked about it on this, but some interesting options in there. Bring back the Grey Brothers together. I I did have that written down, um, but I wonder if they'll go Narrative. for yeah exactly. But I I wonder if um, I think Gilchrist might be pretty nailed on. Um, it was interesting to hear so. on on the Rubby Pod this week. Uh, Hamilton was saying that Cockrell told him that he thought Gilchrist was in top five second rows in the world. Maybe that was that. when he was coaching him. But anyway, um, and then I don't know the the other one. I I've always liked Skinner, but. I, I don't know if he'll dislodge one of the Greys or or Gilchrist to be honest, and he can he provide too a bit good more to have the on the bench. Like yeah, exactly. Too much on the bench, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. The only thing with Johnny is I don't think he's not been playing much, has he? Or he hasn't played the last couple of games for mm. for Exeter, so he's he's also sort of lacking a little bit of game time. It feels like Richie has, has somehow become. He's he's he is one of the second rows, and it's who partners Richie Gray, which twelve months ago just seemed such a mad concept. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I I probably agree that I think it's going to be Richie Gray Gilchrist um, to start. And then in the back row, are we going to? Assume, I guess what do we know? Let's do a with Hamish Watson and a without Hamish Watson option. Matt, you've sort of said Watson Richie. Fagerson if Watson's fit yeah yeah definitely um and then I think I I think I'd put Crosby in if if not instead of Watson yeah Alan what would you do in the Watson situation Crosby again I don't know maybe I'm thinking too much about sort of like away at Twickenham it just feels like for a guy who's relatively inexperienced at, at international level it's a it's a big big match to sort of come into and 
and start yeah but but then again that you know ultimately there's not a lot of op- <laughs> other options <laughs> yeah you could bring skinner maybe in but i i guess and put richie at seven i don't really know mm. whether and just kind of give you a bit more of that bulk against mm. that Eng- england pack I, th- um, I think crosby would love it i think like he would thrive agreed. on and maybe he doesn't have like quite the ability to cope but it's not like i, I think he would definitely like front up against it and yeah. like because i think england are just going to basically pick as big a pack as possible so with cross crosby's an absolute unit he's like six foot six i didn't quite realize um that maybe you go for a bit more bulk he's maybe a bit more physical than skinner to be honest yeah i'm upset there isn't the option of nick haining are you I, I purely, always, I, purely for the narrative value yeah purely for the narrative value i like the idea that he could be starting in the match but uh, yeah, no, I'm glad it's not. <laughs> and then into the backs, um, Ali Price and Finn sort of nailed on. I think yeah. so. And then, so Matt, talk to me about centres in that case. I I think um, two Pluto and Harris is what he will go with. And I think maybe on balances, it makes sense. Um, I think if you have Russell and Tupelotu and maybe Hogg, for instance, coming from fullback, I think you've got enough playmakers to hopefully unlock the likes of of Duhan and obviously the defensive stability that Harris brings. And feels like Harris has had like a lot of big games against England in recent years. So I, yeah. I think that makes sense. Agreed. Alan? No, I've been designated the number one Chris Harris hater, but uh, I probably you agree. You I personally probably... dislike him, actually. That's, that's what I don't <laughs> like about your views on Chris Harris. It's too personal. <laughs> um, but no, I agree. I think, especially with Finn and Hogg, if they're both starting, I think ultimately Harris comes in and starts. And actually, there was quite a few nice uh, Harris defensive clips been popping up on um on twitter over the weekend where he absolutely smashed ring rows so uh yeah hopefully brings a bit more of that and then into that back three who are you having on the wings matt yes yeah, it's, it's a difficult one is it? i i think I, i've got Duhan nailed on um yeah got and me. then d- depending on whether hogs fit um probably maitland um Maybe I mean Ollie Smith's been playing on the wing recently for Glasgow and doing okay, and Carl Stain's on really good form at Glasgow. But I I think um, just for like solidity in maybe a game that's going to be quite tight and rely a bit more on like tactical kicking, then Maitland's your guy. Sounds like it. Alan, you're the the Maitland bus. Yeah, agreed. I, I wouldn't be surprised for for Stain to come in, and I've I've got no issue with Carl Stain kind of coming into that position i think he'd be absolutely fine but i think maitland makes sense so there you have it that is the scotland 15 that's going to go down to twickenham and bring back the cow cow cup easy and then you could have a bench ultimately have a bench of Ferguson, turner sutherland johnny gray luke crosby dempsey horn slash ben white and then kinghorn which feels strong Stronger than strong. benches Not bad. historically. Um, you feel like, especially with those forwards, there's a lot of players there that can actually really bring some impetus off the bench. Um, 
and even if you went for a five three, like then Red Path, Hugh Jones, yeah, starts to come into that conversation, which is exactly. pretty pretty nice bench options to be honest. Look, it sounds like a team that is going to win, so I'm feeling confident about that. And now, Alan, that you've sort of teased the path to the Grand Slam, I can feel the hype. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be hurt again. It's look, Andy Murray is going to win the oh. Aussie Open. And that's going to tra- lead us straight into Scotland, being England at Twickenham and winning the Grand Slam. It's like, it's a glory year. God, how pissed can a country get? Imagine if those <laughs> things happen. <laughs> a joint open top bus tour of the Grand Slam, <laughs> the, the Six Nations Trophy, the Triple Crown, the Calcutta Cup and Andy Murray with the Oz Open Championship. Fucking hell. Do you... Be like Buen- downtown Buenos Aires. Would <laughs> <laughs> would scotland have an open top bus too if they won the grand slam do rugby teams think, do that yeah i think but, so do you think no Ireland, one would think, go think Ireland <laughs> wales i think i think i remember going to the open top bus tour when hearts won the scotch cup and it was bloody <laughs> rammed i feel like scotland's rugby is sort of of a I similar think, think, scale yeah I think with Ireland is so used to it these days that it's like, okay, cool. And maybe even Wales to an extent. But I think Scotland. It might almost be embarrassing if we did do it. Everyone <laughs> like, Guys, come on. Um, you know, Jim Telfer has obviously been ruled out to surprisingly just kind of slag off the national anthem. But then the offside line just published an article being like, Jim Telfer, Scotland's class of 2023 can replicate 1990 Grand Slam success. Yes. Ooh. Jim. <laughs> Jim is out playing the hits. Let's exactly. go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, thanks very much for joining us um, for the breakfast show. Um, We're going to be back now every week throughout the Six Nations. Um, so make sure you're hitting that subscribe button wherever you're getting us um, and following us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod, and get that newsletter subscribed as well on Substack. Look out for that information coming from Fanzo and get your, your name in the ballot for those tickets to Scotland versus Italy because, you know, that is probably going to be the wooden spoon decider and you don't want to miss it. Um, we will be back next week. Thanks a lot. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. 
Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.